Hey, my friend, welcome to Fine is a Four-Letter Word. My name is Lori Sykes. I'm an entrepreneur, mentor, founder of Zen Rabbit, and your instigator in saying, fuck, be fine. This show is for those of you who are done living with the dumpster fire and are ready to find the tools and courage to transform, to step into more success and fulfillment in both your personal and business life. You're in the right place for stories of self-discovery, gratitude, and connection. And to help you strengthen that connection to your own inner guidance, you'll find each episode has an accompanying meditation. Now let's get into it. Today's guest is Joe Bravo. Cool name, right? As with many of the fantastic people in my network, Joe and I met through LinkedIn. I'm telling you, it's not just an online resume place where people pitch slap you all the time. You can make valuable connections there. Joe and I are talking about living through and learning from traumatic situations, how pain is a great communication tool, and the role complaining has in growth. Joe also shares how he's used authors, historical figures, and fictional characters as role models when he hasn't had an appropriate role model physically in his life. Joe Bravo is a senior brand ambassador for a company called Get Staffed Up. They provide virtual assistance to lawyers and other types of business owners all across the United States and beyond. He says he started as a broken man, moved his way up to the healthiest unemployed person ever, and today he's finally able to share his story and what he learned from it. Today's episode is sponsored by Zen Rabbit. If you'd like to find peace of mind amidst the chaos and no matter what's going on around you, get on a complimentary call with me. In less than 30 minutes, you'll get insight on any issue you'd like to bring to the table. And you'll leave the conversation with clarity and renewed energy. Find the booking link in the show notes or text me at 571-317-1463. And if you're not into chatting just yet, you can go to zenrabbit.com to find free resources like meditations and articles. Hello and welcome to Find is a Four-Letter Word. My guest this week is Joe Bravo. So excited to have this conversation with you today, Joe. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Lori. My pleasure. My pleasure. Well, let's jump right into it and get started with what were the values and beliefs that you were raised with that contributed to you becoming who you became as a young adult and who you are today? Well, there's a lot of different things in there, a lot of things in the mix. I think one of them was... Uh, the most positive ambience that I could ever have. To me, that's an, an, I don't know if that counts as a value though, but I was giving a lot of positive things while I was surrounded by a lot of negative things. So I was taught how to seek after that. So that would be one of the most important things that, were, that, that was in my life when I was growing up. Another one would be honesty and honor. Uh, so honesty, because we believe, and when I say we, I mean my family and I mean, uh, my lineage, the, the one that actually cares for, for everybody that's in it, uh, we care about telling the truth. And I know that's something rather difficult because the truth can either get you very close to someone or it can drift you apart. It can break you apart. So to us, honesty is a very important thing because there's nothing to hide. 
And that's kind of like the person I am. I have nothing to hide. I'm an open book. Uh, I, I like being like that because it's a lot easier. Uh, there's no acting involved. There's no deception in there because I'm trying to get to a place where I don't want you that. I don't do that. I don't manipulate people. Uh, it's not a nice thing for me. And finally, I would say honor because I believe in honorable positions and honorable actions and doing the right thing. So it's a little difficult when you say or you bring it up as justice because justice can be a very particular term for different people. Like it can mean one thing or another. Your particular brand of justice might not be mine. But I'm thinking that honor is something that everybody can understand, even if it's a little bit difficult to, to, to define. So it carries a lot of weight into it, <laughs> honesty being one of those things, uh, being respectable, being truthful. Uh, so those are the type of values and the type of surroundings that I had when growing up and that molded my attitude into what I, I, I am and I still want to become. Uh, while adding one more thing to that would be empathy, uh, to honestly care about someone else. Now, that's something that's rather difficult lately. Uh, maybe because of the COVID uh, era, the digital era, but I've been able to find and connect with other people from at a distance, never meeting them face to face. That was the case with you, Laurie. So mm -hmm. I'm very honored to be here today because of that. So being able to have a meaningful conversation with someone, that's something that you achieve through empathy. So that's also one of my core values. Yeah, empathy as a person. Empathy is about putting yourself in somebody else's shoes, understanding where they're coming from. And yep. I think we've talked about this on on my show before of understanding, not necessarily having to agree, but understanding where they're coming from and why they might think or feel that way based mm -hmm. on their past experiences and feelings and beliefs. You know, the way that they've yes. been raised, uh, different than yours, but understandable. Again, you don't have to agree, but it's a matter exactly. of understanding. And I love that you shared that honesty is, is so much easier, right? You don't have to remember, well, what did I tell that person? And then I told that person something different. And like, you have to remember, you don't have, all you have to remember is the truth because that's all you're speaking. Exactly. It makes it a lot easier and a lot faster. Yeah. Yeah. Now, when we had our conversation before this, and also I want to just mention, because you alluded to the fact that we haven't, you know, obviously we've never met. I've never met most of my podcast guests, which is interesting, but you and I met on LinkedIn and I love, yes. love doing, I call them random reach outs. I don't know that they're so random. I think, you know, the universe has something to do with putting me in touch with the right quote unquote, right people. And yeah, that's how we originally connected just so less, so listeners have some background context there. When we mm -hmm. talked the first time you shared a little bit more about the experiences that you had in your childhood. Could you talk a little bit about that? Cause that really shaped you into who you've become. It's not just those values, but what were the experiences that you lived through that? I mean, you had some pretty, pretty rough experiences. Yes, I did. I had a very interesting childhood. I was actually thinking about that because I was thinking, okay, if we bring this up during the podcast, how would I like to present myself? And I've heard other people say I was the victim of, and that's not a brand that I want to put it on top of myself. Like, not anymore. Maybe when I was a kid, it's something that I did. But 
I lived through mm -hmm, and learned mm -hmm. uh, through a lot of abuse, through a lot of deception, through a lot of manipulation. Maybe that's part of why I like being honest, because uh, in my household, it was uh, my father was not uh, a well-balanced man, although I hold absolutely nothing against him. Uh, I was able to understand, well, not understand, but face when I was a little kid, what violence is, what abuse is, what, again, what manipulation is. Uh, and it's not a healthy environment to grow up in. Uh, so when I saw that in a fatherly figure and we were able to drift apart from that uh, as soon as my mom was able to take us out of, uh, out of that house, then I, I came into contact with the legal system. <laughs> I started noticing what a divorce was, what a necessary divorce was, uh, what uh, even mental illness came in, in into the picture because my father was undiagnosed, uh, but it, he still had a, a mental unbalance and he was very afraid of showing that and hiding things. That's that's one of the big things that happened during my childhood. He wanted to hide everything that was going on in there. We had to become or we had to show that we were this perfect little family. And on the outside, we were. But that's not how it was working on the inside. On the inside, there was a lot of pain and there was a lot of... Um, it was a toxic environment uh, during a lot of my... A, a lot of, a, a many years. So I came out of that with an anxiety disorder. Uh, well, a couple of them, because, you know, they come in pairs. <laughs> and I was starting to I started to cope with it thanks to one of my personal heroes, which is my mom. And then the different type of uh, influencers that I got in my life, different authors, different uh, even TV personalities, because uh, we were a little bit on the run while my mom was getting divorced. Uh, we were sort of trying to find our place and our footing in the world. And it was kind of difficult because this was Mexico, by the way. Uh, and it was the 90s. It was a single mom with two children. Uh, both of them, uh, well, they, the three of us, we were exiting uh, a, a very complicated uh, family dynamic. So we had to deal with... Okay, let me put this analogy uh, for you. Imagine that you have a little puppy and that little puppy, you put it inside a cage and then you shake the cage every day for six years mm. in a row. That's and then you have another puppy running free and running wild in the mountains, which is one of the things that I most uh, enjoy doing. Uh, so they're both pack, part of the same pack or the same litter. But when you look at them when they're, when they're six years old, there's going to be a clear difference of... Uh, and, and you're going to be able to understand that they probably had a very different past, uh, which also says a lot about a dog owners. But I'm so. <laughs> well, I just want to interject here that that's a very vivid analogy. And I hate puppy abuse. <laughs> yeah, it's not like it's not fun being inside the cage. You no, know? <laughs> I feel badly but for that puppy. And, and the thing is that once you're out, then there's no excuses. And that's one of the big things that I, that I really like about my life and about my new found, my, my new set of found core values, I would even say, like no excuses. I understand there might be a difficult past, but you still got to be responsible for your life in the present and in the future. And you can't blame that to anybody else because it doesn't work like that. The world as much as I love it and as, and as much as I love being empathetic with everybody, 
the world is mainly not empathetic with your cause unless they absolutely know you, uh, which is a very weird thing or, or, mm-hmm. or very like not everybody is in the spotlight like that. So going back to it, you have, uh, let's say, the, the shaken puppy. You have to take the shaken out of that. And that's where the journey began. Uh, I started uh, focusing a lot of my, my issues into uh, working out. I started exercising. Uh, I was able to find a coach, a former uh, Olympic athlete. Uh, he taught me a lot about triathlon. So I started enjoying endurance sports. By then, I was already 20 years old. Um, no, a little bit older. I was about 26. I started exercising when I was 14. So I looked for a natural way of dealing with my anxiety or coping with my anxiety because I'm not a fan of the different medications that are out there and the type of side effects or long-term effects that those can hold or have on people. Absolutely. I'm cool. with you yeah. there. And I they have a place for some people. Like I'm not shaming yeah. people for using them. And at the same time, right, there are a lot of side effects. What can what can you do that can naturally help you heal and and move on as well? Yeah. Yeah. I completely agree. I completely like for example, if my father had been diagnosed early and if he had started any specific type of type of treatment, mm-hmm. it might have been a completely different story. Right. And by then, medication is absolutely necessary. But in my case, when it's a little bit of anxiety, mm-hmm. well, maybe a, a little bit more than a little bit. But when it's anxiety, that's something that a lot of people are actually dealing with. Mm-hmm. The pandemic triggered a lot of anxiety disorders. For sure. Uh, because people were shutting in and people were beginning to feel threatened by the presence and just mere breathing of someone that's near to near uh, and dear to you, maybe even. So to me, it was find the best possible way to do this. Mm-hmm. And then, you, you know, I thought everything was fine. And it turns out that now, hell no, fuck being fine. That's not how it works. <laughs> I had a I had a lot of injuries and then I started to realize that maybe there's going to be a moment in my life when this is not going to cut it when exercise is not something that or rigorous exercise is not something that I'm going to be physically able to keep doing and that's something that injury teaches a lot and that's something that pain and not even in, in, in an injury like pain in life I believe that that's how it works it teaches you on the things that you can't do and the things that you need to do to evolve that thing. So I was introduced to yoga. I was introduced to stretching. I was introduced to, Joe, you got to find a better way of dealing with your things than just one tool. So that's when I figured out that I needed a set of tools. Absolutely. Pain is an indication of an opportunity for growth. Like whether it's physical, like you said, physical pain, emotional pain, whenever you are feeling some kind of pain, it's an opportunity to grow. Yes, 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 I agree. And, you know, it's very strange because keeping um, a positive attitude through a very difficult moment, like it's easy to say, yeah, when I look back and yeah, but when, when you're in the mess, like when you're right in the middle of it, keeping your center and keeping your cool and keeping your calm. That's something that's very complicated uh, to do. Like I remember when I had this back injury, which was not, 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 not a good thing for me. I was not even able to stand up by myself, to take a shower comfortably, to dress myself. And I started to imagine what it's like being 
in a long-term disability or what it's like to causing or living in a position where you are no longer able to do things that you want to do and the level of frustration, the pain that you have to deal with it in the moment, the attitude that you're actually showing to people around you when you're doing that, when you go to work, when, when you're with your parents, when you're, when you're with, your, with your family, with your spouse, like that's when it's important. That's when your attitude gets put to the test. Mm, like, okay, right. are you actually able to deal with difficult situations or am I going to start whining and moaning and complaining? And by the way, it's totally fine. I love whining and complaining as long as it's as it's temporary, as it's not my standard way of living. Oh, right. You take a certain amount of time to allow yourself that that space to do that. Again, feel those yeah. emotions, uh, the frustration, the resentment, whatever it is, and then work your way through it. Don't marinate there for years. Exactly. Do do what you got. Again, you feel the emotions, you're a human, and then take the extreme responsibility that you've been talking about through our whole conversation here to fix it. And again, yes. not necessarily on your own. You can get help, but it is your responsibility yeah. to take the steps to get that help. Yes, yes. And sometimes some of those things that happen in life change you. And they, 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 they might psychologically change you. They might emotionally change you. I'm not going to say scar, but I, I know that that's, a, that's a, a very popular term for this type of thing. But for example, let me just put my back pain into this because it's an easy way for, I think, your listeners to relate as well. It's not gone. It's been triggered and it's going to be there for the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. Whenever I bend down, whenever it's getting cold, it starts to hurt again. And I could very easily jump back into the position of what the fuck was I thinking when I lifted that and I'm an idiot and it sucks or I can learn how to live with and manage it. And so I imagine this should be incredibly difficult for people that have gone through a very painful, very life-changing, traumatic situations. And even when it comes to PTSD, I've, <laughs> I've suffered PTSD in the past before. I've been able to, to, to live with this and I've been able to transform it into something different. Mm. For me, all of this became an unlimited source of energy. Like that, that's one of the good things that I saw from my anxiety. I'm always on alert. Yeah. But now all the time I have a lot of energy. So if I need to wake up and do something, I'm able to do it. And I've learned so much from different authors, people like Viktor Frankl, uh, and, and that when something is broken, you got to figure out the things that still work and use those to your advantage. And that's where you can evolve. So now let me take it away from the back pain and put it back to any type of trauma that I had in my life whether it was relationship trauma, whether it was family trauma, any type of trauma. Uh, this one was physical trauma. If I keep going back to that same position of why is this happening to me and stay there, marinate there for too long, the flavor is going to sit in and I'm never going to do anything about it. I need to own up to that. I need to understand those are the cards that I'm dealt with and the situations that are placed in front of me to deal with. And I need to solve one problem at a time. So that's another good thing that my anxiety, anxiety gave me. So I'm actually quite thankful for the set of tools that my past allowed me to develop because these things are going to help me deal with the different type of problems that I have. 
So when people have never faced this type of situation, it's I imagine it can be quite difficult to deal with uh, a problem when it when it comes to you. But for me, it's something that it's quite normal at this point. I, I I'm not gonna say bring it on because I'm not a fan. Right, of you don't want to invite more of it. And it's interesting no. to me that the people I've spoken with who have. I mean, we all have some kind of trauma, whether it's big T, little T, whatever. We've all had experiences in life that weren't necessarily pleasant. The people who have made the greatest strides, who have turned their lives, let's say turn their lives around, but who have, who have gotten to such a much better place, see the gratitude in those things that happened. They were awful at the time and now they can see and be grateful for maybe not why they happened for, but for the fact that they did happen because it made them into who they are now and you wouldn't be who you are now except for those things yes 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 that yes. gratitude I mean, piece is so <sighs> crucial one of the things that i i like to give credit to maybe this is something i hope this is something that's going to be helpful to your listeners is that Learning from the past shows a lot. Not being stuck in there. Like, again, right. I, I'm trying to, to make a case on do not get stuck in the past. Even if you have amazing resources from there, sometimes you have to evolve those, those resources and that type of reaction. Yeah. So it was great being in the defensive when you were in a toxic environment, but maybe you're not in a toxic environment anymore. Yet you have a sword and a shield always facing everybody all the time. And that's happened to me more than once. One of the big things for me is actually, I'm a big fan of history. I'm not a historian. I like studying. I like learning. I like learning from, uh, I, I know this is going to sound very harsh, but I'm, thankfully I'm in the, I, thankfully in this podcast, it's fine to do this or to say this. I know what a bloody mess was. I know that the standard of living 200 years ago was chaos beyond belief. It was bloodshed, it was rape, it was murder, all of that was legal. That was the standard. There was no social media, there was no type of media that would advertise on what evil things were, and what evil things were, were the norm and the standard in the past. So when a lot of my friends and a lot of people that I know start complaining and bitching and moaning about, about how harsh it is right now, the environment that we're living in, and I'm not trying to discredit that, we are living a, 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 right now a moment of change and a moment of challenge. But in the past, it was legal for someone to jump into your house, kill you, and take your family as theirs. That's why people wanted to be soldiers. Or it was legal for people to become conquerors, and that was something that was, that was very admired, to become an absolute narcissistic personality, destroy everybody, and people would admire you for that. So... I'm thankful that we're not living at this moment in rivers of blood because that was the standard in the past. Mm -hmm. And that's something that has been, that has given me perspective. So I actually thank a lot for it. Th thank history a lot. It's given me a lot of perspective to know that I'm not in the most violent or difficult time in our recorded history and that I can make something out of it. So there, it could always get worse. And I know it could get worse. That's something that, that some of my favorite historians always talk about. Like, if you want to envision the worst type of torture or worst type of scenario that has ever happened, 
it has already happened and more than once. Right. So, right. Right. We're living in the dream. We are living in a dream and we are also living in a time, like you said, of a lot of transition. Yeah. And what you, the, the conditions you just mentioned are very masculine energy, conquer, aggression, overcome, violence. And now yeah. it seems like our whole world is shifting more to a more feminine energy. Now that's not to say everything's ease and flow and happiness and, and fun. It's mm -hmm. just maybe coming back into more of a balance. You know, it's funny that you say that throughout my life, I've been taught by raised by and led by women. And that's something that I'm deeply thankful for. Obviously, that wasn't in the picture. Mm -hmm. uh, or like, at least in my mind, I, I do have a fatherly figure. The one that I have, the one that I was dealt, uh, and the one that I, I built for myself. That's something that I'm also very proud of, of my past. Uh, because since there was no dad, I started to envision what a dad should look like, what a, what, what a man should, how a man should act. And I started to build a personality of how a, a, an honest man should aspire to become. Based but on what you didn't have. You, based you on created what I something, saw out what there you saw and what you didn't have and then constructed what you would have preferred. Something like that. I, I would say it was more of a mix. It took me a couple of years, though. But I first, I needed to understand that uh, I don't think that my father is an evil person. He was just in an incredibly difficult situation and he had absolutely no help. Uh, and he didn't want to take responsibility for that. Maybe he didn't know that was an option at, the, at that moment. I don't blame him for that. There's a lot of people that are in there. So the first thing that was very important for me was not hating part of my life and part of my blood. Mm. If I see myself in the mirror, I can see physical characteristics of them. And if I hate my dad, I might hate myself. So I don't do that. That but is so, that is so profound what you just said. That was half of it. The other half was I started to look, look up to the honorable man that men that I knew. Okay. And some of them I didn't even know. Like I started looking at TV characters or I started looking at a, a, a book personality, an author. Right now, I am surrounded by a couple of very powerful masculine figures that I honestly admire, both in my life and specifically in my job. So I started to build or reconstruct or, or construct an image about what a man should aspire to become. And that's that would be like the fatherly figure that I have or the manly figure that I have in my head. Because I'm not going to take my, my dad's place away from my mom. Mm -hmm, he, mm -hmm. he is my dad. I cannot deny that. But when it comes to how I was raised and how I was able to move forward in life, I got to thank a lot the women in my life. My mom and my sister did an amazing job with me. I'm the little one in the family. And my business was mostly led by women. And when the business went under because of the pandemic, so that's another funny moment, like, okay, I'm in pain. Let's yeah, deal with it and let's move on. Mm. Uh, I joined an amazing company. And it, this company is mostly led by women. Now, our, our co-founders, both of them are men, and they are incredibly open to how women can also bring a lot to the table. But I like to believe that everybody in here is neutral. 
Uh, I don't want to take anything away from the masculine side of the equation, but I do want to give credit to the feminine side of the equation. And right now I see all the movement that's going on in there. And I'm very happy as long as this empowers and helps people out there finding their true selves and not hating or taking up arms against anybody else because of gender or because of because I know that's a sensitive subject. Yeah. I like to see myself as a neutral guy and I was raised by women, led by women and became successful mainly because of women. Yeah, I, I'm not saying that masculine energy is bad. I, I yeah. like that you're saying it's it is a balance and they both have their place and it's an integration really that we're looking at. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, very cool. It's interesting because you brought up a couple of times that your mentors, for lack of a better word, were not people that you knew. They were books, they were entertainment characters. It's it's yeah. so interesting to me that you found, if they weren't immediately in your, your presence, you know, as no. physical people around you, that you reached out and found them in other, in other terms. Yes, yes. That's something like if I can give a couple of examples, and I know many of this personality, like especially if I'm talking about uh, famous people or yeah, some, somebody that's an is a center of influence or was a center of influence in the past. It's maybe it's not the right figure to have or to aspire to become. But it's the one that I needed at that specific time. Right. So, for example, when I was a little kid, I really enjoyed the show called uh, Home Improvement. And it was a very manly type of thing. Right. Now, there might be a scandal with some of the actors in there. I honestly don't know. I honestly don't remember. Uh, but when I was a kid, I saw that as something that it made sense to me. So it made sense like, okay, so that's how you represent part of the energy that I'm lacking. Or I was able to look at one of my friend's dad. And it's not like I, I, I grew close and they became a father mm -hmm. to me or a fatherly figure to me. But I started to realize that's how you should treat your son. And those are the type of uh, knowledge bombs that you should drop to them or that you should show them. When I was about 25 years old, though, I started to realize what the lack of a father was and meant in life. So there were a lot of lessons that were not taught to me that are sometimes on the, let's say, manly side of the equation, but sometimes it's not. Like it's not necessarily guys who know how to do business. Again, I was successful and today I remain successful because mainly because of women. But I do understand that energy of attack that energy of seeking after and going after. And I think that's something that everybody should learn. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter where it, where it's coming from. For me, it was like that. And then it was starting to realize uh, I didn't have that knowledge or I didn't have that specific mentor in the past. And with that comes a lot of relationships because sometimes that specific person in your life introduces you to a lot of people, to a lot of business, and that's how you become a strong member in society and successful. But that's not also that's not necessarily true. Sometimes you have both parents, and I'm sorry to say this, but maybe both of them suck at raising kids. Or maybe you have one, and one of them, even if he or she, in my case it was a she, is not present with five minutes of their time per week, like when they come, it's just like 
exhausted mm-hmm. coming from a, coming mm-hmm. from a hard day's work or a hard week's work, just looking at their kids and seeing, okay, I'm doing this for them. And five minutes of conversation or 30 seconds of, I'm going to give you a hug because I know you're asleep and I got to wake up early tomorrow morning and I'm not going to see you. One of the things that I want to say to every parent out there that I know that might be struggling is when you do that, when you show that to your kids, we realize the level of sacrifice that you're doing for us. And that gives us a lot of resource, a lot of strength. And maybe it's not something that we're able to understand when we're kids. But once we're grown up, once we start to realize what personal, taking personal responsibility of your life, what that actually means, it's incredibly helpful because then you start to realize, hey, they did an amazing job. Like, thank you for all this hot right, water. Right. <laughs> thank you for this light. Thank you for this food. Now it's my time to get after that. And your existence, not even you teaching me how to do it, your existence of the fact that you are out there doing that teaches me it's possible. So maybe I didn't have that in my life, but that doesn't mean I can't right. learn it. And I should because right. it's necessary. You've come so incredibly far in your life through your childhood, through your young adulthood to where you are now, what is next for you? Well, I am deeply grateful for the internet. And at the same time, I curse it. I curse it with all my being because the thing about, and I know like this is where, where I'm going next. Like I remember when beepers first came into place. And then I remember when cell phones first came into place, I was a little kid, but I, I do have that memory. And then smartphones came into the picture, social media came into the picture, everything changed, evolved. Now everything is moving so fast. And honestly, I would like to live in an era like the 50s or the 80s. Of course, there was an, uh, <laughs> an economical uh, uprising on, on both eras, so that's pretty cool. But it wasn't that fast paced. Now, my work used to be a lot like that. And when the pandemic hit, it was taken away from me. My society, my country was not equipped to deal with it, even if we had the technology for it. And it was thanks to the smartphone and social media and the internet that I was able to find my place in the world again. It took me a while. And I was very scared, like I, I was coping, I was moping, I was bitching and moaning when that happened. But at the same time, I had to wake up and see like, okay, what's next? Right now, I have the opportunity to interview the people that I admire and meet with them, even if it's just for an honest conversation. So today I'm the senior band ambassador for a company called Get Stepped Up. And this has given me the opportunity to work with the people that I admire. Again. I admire a lot of people. I admire therapists. I admire uh, some some historical figures. And I admire lawyers. Because there was a very big necessity of righteousness and justice in my life. That's why I studied law. I'm also a lawyer, by the way. And when I started to, to realize how law was particularly handled in my country, it's not a mm-hmm. nice business. It's a very gritty. It's a very greedy. It's a... It's not a nice place to be. And I wasn't equipped enough nor open enough to deal with that. But at the same time, I always admired the law. I always admire what uh, someone 
doing the right thing or helping someone to get justice, their very particular brand of justice, just taking away, taking away all of that pain from a family or a messy situation from a family, I view that as a, a heroic figure. That's also why I like therapists so much because I know that's it's a very important resource that you can reach out to or you can have someone in your life that can teach you so much and that can that can help you so much to cope and to deal with. So I am now being able to interview all type of lawyers and all type of professionals thanks to the internet. My, my next step in here is to use the position that I have to reach out, to understand, to view, to interview, to help, to assist the people that I admire and beyond. So I've been able to I've been given the opportunity to do this from the comfort of my own home. So I got to thank the internet much more than I person. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I got to be very thankful for the specific era that we're living in because it's thanks to this that I was able to meet you and I'm going to be able to meet so many interesting people out there and maybe there's going to be incredible business or just a great story to take that from and to learn. That's my, 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 those are my next steps. And well, whatever comes my way to make yeah. it a great day. Oh man, this has been such a good conversation. Thank you so much. Before we go, got to ask, yes, what is your hype song that you listen to when you need to get charged up? You know, uh, ah, this, this question, it actually took me a while because I know the songs that I want to play or I want people to play when I die, but it's different to know what the song is for when I need to get hyped up. And okay, so maybe with a very short uh, reason for why this is it. I don't know if you guys have watched this uh, show uh, called Cobra Kai. I know it's kind of famous. That's when I heard it again. And again, that was the figure of a broken man that started to build mm. himself back up. So to me, I, I could easily yeah. relate to that. So there's a song that I've always enjoyed uh, from the Alan Parsons project called Sirius. And I think I saw it in that show again. So it's like it, it, it hits very different nerves in, 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 in my very personal particular story. So I would say Sirius from the Alan Parsons project. If you need to wake up with a fire laid under your ass, I that's love it. I love it. And, and we talked about this before, too. Cause I'm like, all right, I know the Alan Parsons project, but I am not familiar with this song. And you played me a clip and I'm like, oh yeah, I know that song. You just don't know the name of it. So I'm going to put a link in the show notes. If you don't know what song Joe's talking about, listen to this song. Cause you have undoubtedly heard it. You just don't know that this is the name of it. Yeah. You got to get pumped up. Yeah. You're gonna yeah. Get for up. sure. And lastly, if someone wants to continue the conversation with you, Where's the best place for them to find you? Well, I would love for anybody that's interested to reach out. Uh, if we just, if you just want to have an honest conversation with us, uh, we also have a podcast. We're called, we call it the Candid Combos. So it's like an honest conversation for about ten to fifteen minutes. We like to know you and blast you on social media as well. Uh, you can find me on LinkedIn. Uh, just look for Joe Bravo uh, very easily, or you can also find me through our company. It's called Get Staffed Up. Uh, we provide virtual assistance to lawyer and different type of business owners uh, all across the United States and beyond. So it's easy to find me on social media. Just look for Joe Bravo at LinkedIn or look for Get Staffed Up and reach out. And we're always happy to help. If you also want to get into co in contact with me, uh, you can email me at and check out the, the email. It's pretty easy like this. 
joe.bravo at getstaffedup.com. All right. I will put links to all of that in the show notes. Make it super easy for people to find you. And yeah, thank you so much for joining me today on Fine is a Four-Letter Word, Joe. Thank you very much, Lori, for having me. And if I can have one final moment to give a message to anybody that's out there is that every difficult scenario or every difficult situation you're put in, either because you're dealt with that or you brought it on yourself, you got to be responsible for that too. When you learn how to deal with it, you get a tool. And the more icky and difficult situations you get into, the more tools you have to deal with your life. So if you're able to realize those, you're able to use them and you're able to teach them. I hope the two or three of them that were kind of elusive, but I know were displayed during this podcast. I hope this is going to be helpful to you guys. And I wish you the very best of luck. And just it's time to get after it. So thank you, Lori. And thank you for the space and your time. Thank you. I so enjoyed that conversation and I hope you did too. Here are the key takeaways. Number one, the adversity Joe was exposed to while growing up taught him about healing as a responsibility. In his own words, once you're out, there there are no excuses. When you're in charge of your own life, it's important to process any hardship from the past to better your present and future self. Work alongside your trauma and recognize there are valuable lessons learned from having overcome difficult situations. Number two, blaming or resenting others for the way you were brought up does you no good. In most cases, those people either did the best they could with what they had or were going through difficult situations themselves and lacked the help they needed to have responded in a better way. Number three, pain is a great communicator. Your mind and body use it to express what they're going through. Dealing with pain is a powerful way to learn more about who you are. Whether physical or emotional, pain is also a sign that there's an opportunity for growth. Number four, it's okay, even necessary sometimes, to complain about unfortunate or undesired events you've got going on. But never lose sight of the bigger picture. Complaining alone won't solve the problem. To move forward, eventually, you'll have to start doing something about it. It's important to express yourself and feel heard, but avoid falling into the habit of whining as your only reaction to disappointment. Number five, Joe didn't have a father figure growing up, but he created one for himself based upon characters he admired. Inspired by authors, historical figures, fictional characters, friends, and acquaintances, he identified traits and characteristics worthy of embodying as an adult. Maybe you didn't have the role model you wished you would have to pass on life lessons you needed, but you can still learn and grow by studying those you look up to. Thanks for being here and subscribing to Fine is a Four-Letter Word. Please share this show with a friend or a colleague. If you're feeling especially generous, leave a review so other people like you can discover the show too. It's on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Stitcher, and all the major podcast directories. You can join me on social too. On Instagram, it's zen underscore rabbit. You can find links to the other platforms at zenrabbit.com. Before you go, remember to take a moment to think about what you're grateful for today. 
Lastly, you can find this week's meditation queued up right after this episode. And if no one's told you this week, I'm proud of you. Take good care.